Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. just a little bit of background about Advent. So nobody really knows exactly when it started. However, um, in about the third century, the tradition began where uh, the Council of Tours, which was a religious council, they ordered the monks to fast for the month of December. Who wants to do that for Christmas, right? Yeah, come on, you don't. But what they did is they disciplined themselves in prayer to remember that Jesus Christ has come, he has come, and he is coming. And that's a worthy celebration and a worthy discipline. And so we drew some traditions out of that Advent, a liturgical point on the church calendar. One of those things that we do, and you don't even know that you're doing this to celebrate Advent, is they started putting Christmas trees up. The Christmas tree, they would put roses on there. Eventually, somebody got brave and they started putting candles on there. And then they started putting decorations on there. All of it was to say, Jesus, come. This is a beautiful place. We want you here. Pretty awesome, right? I mentioned the fasting. That's not really a thing we want to do to celebrate, especially preparing for Christmas dinner. But we do want to remember that Jesus has come that he has come, and that he will come again. I can't say that enough. It's a worthy celebration. And so we're going to start this morning with the advent of hope. What does it mean to hope in the Lord? Will you pray with me as we turn to Romans 15? God, we need you. We need you so much, Father. We need you to hear us. We need to hear you. We want to know you, to be in your presence, to put all of our joy at your feet and in your hands and trust you with all that we have and are. God, we want to lay our worries and doubts and fears at your feet and have faith that you are the deliverer and the fulfiller of all the promises you've made. God, we want to experience the peace of being in right relationship with you, of knowing you, of knowing that you care about us, that not only do you provide and sustain us, but God, you delivered us from our sin. And because of that, we want to be at peace 
with you. So join us this morning as we explore your word. Thank you for all you've done for us. And all God's people said, as I mentioned last week briefly, we're going to look at these four words, hope, faith, joy, and peace. And as we start with the word hope this morning, there's, there's just something very complicated about that. One, we all like to hope, right? We all want to have hope. We all want to have uh, an, an idea and a dream and a vision and know that God is going to do something for us. We want that, right? But I got to remind us that hope can be excruciating. I know this because of some of you, and in, in, you sat in a waiting room waiting for the news that the doctor will deliver. And we put our hope in God that Sarah's cancer will be benign. Right? We put our hope in God that he would save Nick Ball's life. I got to tell you, I stood in Nick's hospital room earlier this week and, and, and just looking into his face, I see this countenance of thankfulness and joy. And this has shown me that I have something mighty to live for. I've got a big purpose and a big cause. God's not done with you yet, Nick. We hope that God will get him back on his feet, heal his bones, heal his body, and give him pain-free life so that he can raise his four beautiful daughters. Right? But the waiting is excruciating. This is why Psalm 27, the last verse of Psalm 27 says, wait on the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. And then he repeats, wait on on the Lord, but I don't want to. <laughs> but it's in the waiting that we find our hope, right? A God of immediate gratification is not a God that requires our hope and our faith. You with me? We get to put our hope in God. And so we know that he has come. For many of us, he has come. And all of us hope that he will come again. And the waiting is excruciating. But this is the kind of God we get to be in fellowship with in his presence and learn and discover and see him alive in other people. It's worth waiting for every bit of it. Um, the Advent seasons are wrapped around sections of the Gospels. And so in the first week of Advent, the Advent of Hope, we celebrate and remember that Jesus Christ will come again, just as Jesus promised he would. Right? The second week, faith, we wrap around the story from John the Baptist, where, you know, where he says to us, prepare the way for the Lord. I'm going to give my all. I'm going to put my trust in him. I'm just a messenger. He has yet to come. Prepare the way for the Lord. That's our faith. And then the third week, joy, is also 
wrapped around a story about John the Baptist where he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's worth putting my joy in. We're going to talk about joy in just a minute. But we get to rest in that. And then the last week, the advent of peace is from Luke 2, the story of the nativity, Mary and Joseph and their journey. And the child born in Bethlehem who takes away the sins of the world. Right? And so we find peace with God through Jesus and no other way. This is what Advent is all about. So as we do that, let's look at Romans 15 and discover a beautiful passage about putting our hope in God, in Jesus. Romans 15, let's start with verse 11. We're going to look at 11 through 13, three quick verses. We're going to camp out a little bit on verse 13. Verse 11, and again, he says, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the people extol him. You know what the word extol means? It literally just means to exalt the name of Jesus. So when we say and we sing the name of Jesus, what we're doing is saying, your name is above my name. Your name is above my circumstances. Your name, who you are, everything you've done, everything you're about, your character, your renown, your eternal nature is all about your glory. And I just get to be a part of that. I get to jump into the moving stream of God's glory. I don't make glory. I can't find glory. I don't really even know what glory looks like many days. We just kind of go through our life and hope that God will get us through and hope that God will get us out of the storm we're in. All right? Many of us spend a lot of days, a lot of hours, months, years in the middle of the storm. And we find it so difficult to exalt the name of Jesus when we're in the storm. And that's exactly when we should be exalting the name of the Lord. Why? So that he can come and be our deliverer out of the storm. Right? I don't know what your life looks like right now. I've prayed for so many of you. I've prayed for all of us and you as a church. And I look forward to getting to know you so much over the years to come. And I got to share this quick story because Panhandle just keeps getting better and better, right? (laughs) Better and better. This is not the story, but I flew home Tuesday night from here on the plane approaching Dallas. You know, there's billions of lights, you know, there and I see it and I'm like, oh man, we're giving up movie theaters and targets. And restaurant options that aren't Dairy Queen, right? We, so we, we, and then as I approach the airport, Love Field, we fly over 635 and it's locked up at 730 at night. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's why we're moving. Yeah. <laughs> Worthy. <laughs> Every year, Ashley chooses a verse of scripture over our home. And usually she'll assign a word to that scripture. And then we share that. She shares that with me at the end of the year. Our hearts are in harmony about that. It's really strong. 
This week, as I was on my way up to Panhandle, I was driving, I went through Claude. Have you ever been to the borough? That place is awesome. Went into the borough to get a coffee, and there's so many cool things in there. So I bought my, <clears throat> my Christmas gift for the staff elder Christmas party there. And, <laughs> and I, buy, I, buy, uh, I, I buy those hydro flasks. You know, you drink, I use those. And, and then I cover them in stickers from places I go. And I bought a little sticker uh, that, that said, you know, the Lord will be with you wherever you go. And, and it had Joshua 1, 9 on there. And I sent Ashley a picture. I go, check it out. I got a new, pic- I got a new sticker, right? And she goes, babe, that's the verse God gave me for us. Yep, right? It gets better. So I go with Brandon and some other guys over to a men's breakfast yesterday morning. By the way, guys, if you are not actively involved in that, this will fuel your home. This will ready your heart to be the leader God has designed and ordained you to be for your home. These men who love God will spur you on to love and good deeds and will drive you to be a powerful leader of your home, not just as a provider, but as a spiritual leader. You come be a part of that with us. Amen. Okay. I go over with them to this breakfast and Mike, the guy that spoke, guess what verse he used? John 3.16. No, no, no. Joshua 1.9. Come on. Confirmation. Using my wife to build in me a hope that he's with us wherever we go. Even Panhandle, Texas. Panhandle. We're glad to be here. Almost, right? So we, we had this cool experience, this cool encounter. And that is a reason for us to praise the Lord. He spoke to her. He spoke to me. He brought us together, spoke to me. Here we are. God's going to get us through whatever we have to get through. God is going to get you through whatever you have to get through. You, you know who the Gentiles are? It's you. We extol the name of God together. We do that because we have hope that he has come. He has come and he is coming again. Is this worth celebrating? And so this prophet, Isaiah, which is where this verse comes from, a quote of Isaiah 11, he he goes on to say, verse 12, uh, verse, yeah, verse 12, again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. Let me tell you what's important about that. Isaiah, a prophet who is an Israelite, is writing and speaking to his people who have been looking for the Messiah, looking for a way out. Isaiah writes to these people and says, this God of hope will deliver from the root of Jesse, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. 
And the Israelites get confused about that often. Why the Gentiles? What about us? And the truth is, God has made a way for them just like he's made a way for us. He brought the root of Jesse, an Israelite, up from this lineage, this legacy, this family history, and that person is Jesus Christ. From the root of Jesse, who was King David's father, the same branch cultivating many descendants, but most importantly, Jesus, from his people, for his people. This is a reason to hope. It gets really complicated thinking about, are the Jews saved? Are we saved? Who, is he speaking to them? Is it law? Is it grace? We get, really, we get confused about that from time to time. The reality is God Almighty, the creator God of the universe, the God of grace has provided a way for them and he's provided a way for us. Ours is in the person of Jesus Christ. Theirs is in the person of Jesus Christ. Many of them just don't know it yet. From their root to our blossoming, thriving, flourishing tree, we have received salvation from the root of Jesse. This is worth putting our hope in, is it not? He goes on in verse 13, and this is where I want to camp for a moment. Verse 13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Hope, joy, peace, believing. Do you see it all collecting there? This biblical, spiritual, pure, a pool that we drink from. It's all right there in that one little verse. May you be filled with joy and peace and believing the God of hope. Of all the available names of God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Almighty God, Yahweh, our Deliverer, our Savior, our protector, our healer. Paul uses this word, the God of hope. Why? Because we so desperately need to sink our feet into the beautiful, strong sand, the rock, the bedrock, to put our hope and our faith and find our joy and experience peace in a God who gives hope. We need this. We need him. Wherever he's come from, we need him. And we find this by what? By believing. Believing that Jesus is God's son. Believing that God raised him from the dead. Believing that he has gone back to the Father to prepare a way for you and me believing that he will one day come again for us, believing that when he does, we will be set free from the sin and the darkness and the shame and the guilt of this world. 
Is that worth celebrating? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. And when he says, be filled with this hope so that you will find joy, let me just remind us of something. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. Happiness happens. I was happy last week when the Dallas Cowboys, right? I have no idea what to expect. I have low expectation this week. I may not be happy tomorrow, but it won't kill my joy. Happiness happens, so does unhappiness. It's the ebb and flow of life. Good things happen, bad things happen. Suck it up, buttercup. That's the way God rigged the system, right? For all of us. And right through the middle of that, there's a beautiful red line that pushes us forward, upward, toward a forever and an eternity in the presence of God where there is no bad and all is good. Happiness happens, so does unhappiness. He's not saying, may you find happiness. He says, may you find joy when you face trials of many kinds when you stand in the middle of the eye of the storm and you think there's no way out, God says, I've got the only way out for you. And it's in the person of Jesus Christ. Is that worth celebrating? So whatever your life looks like this Christmas, many of you are preparing to have a Christmas this year where there's less celebration and more worry about what is next. Unhappiness happens. And in just a short period of time, all of that may be washed away and you will find a new person. You will find a new job. You will find a new way. And happiness is going to happen again. When we get controlled by the circumstances of our lives, we lose our joy. Our joy is in the person of Jesus Christ. This Christmas, for those who are worried and hurting and not sure what is to come, find your joy in the hope and the peace and the faith in your Savior. It's worth clinging to because it's going to get you through everything this world will throw at you. That's who God is for us. The power of the Holy Spirit so that you may abound in hope. You know the primary purpose of the Holy Spirit? When Jesus Christ ascended from this earth and he went back to his rightful place next to his Father in heaven, he said, you cannot do this without me but I've got to go prepare a place for you. So I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you 100% the presence and the person of God in the Holy Spirit, which will make you alive, will keep your eyes open to who I am, and you will never, ever, ever be alone. Joshua 1.9, I will be with you wherever you go. 
and it no longer has to be an Ark of the Covenant that keeps me safe. Where all the sacraments of the presence of God existed, now it is with him, indwelled by the Holy Spirit, empowered by the Holy Spirit to speak life into others, help them find their joy, to walk hand in hand, arm in arm with the person of God in my life because I need him to sustain any hope that I might have. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Why? Because the world wants you to believe that whatever you're walking in today is the future that you have. The world wants you to believe, the enemy wants you to believe that your best is good enough. He's he's not just deceiving you and distracting you with all the evil temptations of the world. He wants you to feel like everything's okay. Why? Because then your hope is not in a forgiving, life-changing, eternal, restorative, redeeming, beautiful, powerful, freeing, healing God. Now your hope is in your circumstance. I'm okay. Things are okay right now. A lie from the enemy. Without him, we are nothing. We need the Holy Spirit in us to keep us with God. That's who he is. And this is a reason to celebrate, is it not? We're going to move into a time of communion. And this is going to be a really beautiful, special, powerful moment. So, Spencer, uh, Caitlin, would you make sure the kids come in and join us? Perfect, right? Let me kind of walk us through some instructions about this, if you will. Scripture declares for us that we should not take these elements of communion lightly. We don't just come in and eat the bread. We don't just take a sip of the juice. These elements represent the body and the blood of Christ poured out for us over our sin. And Jesus himself said, do this in remembrance of me. We enter into this season And we have to prepare our hearts to purify ourselves before God. So he takes the bread and he said, this body, which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. He takes the cup. He says, this is the cup of the new covenant. My blood poured out for you, not the blood of a lamb offered to God by human hands, which in and of itself is imperfect. But I am perfect. This is my blood poured out for you. 
Drink this in remembrance of me. This is why this is so crucial that we prepare our hearts for that. And so I'm going to throw a passage of scripture up on the screen from 11, uh, 1 Corinthians 11. You're probably familiar with this passage. I want you to read and meditate and pray. And then when the time comes for you and your family, once your heart is ready, you then receive the communion of Christ. Is that fair? Now I'm going to pray. And let me just remind you, when this is done, the prayer warriors in our church want to be available for you in these corners. And if you have a hurt, you have a loss, you have a frustration, a fear, a doubt, you have questions about what it means to follow Jesus, you have any question about what we've shared at all, we want to be here available for you. So after communion, as we sing, you feel free to come and they will meet you where you are and pray over you, share God's word. So let me pray for us, then you pray. The band is going to come up and lead us through this time of communion. Let me pray over you, and then let's take that together. God, we are in desperate need of you. We sometimes forget just how much we need you. God, we often get distracted by our circumstances and the things of this world. We take our eyes off of you. And every single one of us is in desperate need of your Holy Spirit to be in presence with us so that we can lay our lives before you and let you do your best work in us. God, receive our confessions of sin. God, receive our cries for need of help. God, receive our brokenness. Cleanse us with your body and your blood. Let us do this in remembrance of you. Thank you, Jesus. It's in your sweet name we pray. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.